0: Well, hey there, families, and welcome to a new episode of the Fresh Start Family Show. I am your host, Wendy Snyder, positive parenting educator and family life coach, and I am so happy that you are here. There is definitely a vibe of excitement going around right now here at Fresh Start Family headquarters because our bonfire support community, you guys, is officially open for enrollment. Now, this only happens twice a year, so there's just kind of this buzz of empowerment and anticipation and hope and togetherness and courage. So I thought it would be good to record a podcast episode um, that is all about empowering you when it comes to language and communication and decision-making, which all really affect your parenting walk. So inside of our Bonfire Support Community, which, by the way, you can always learn more about by heading over to the website, freshstartfamilyonline.com and clicking the Community tab at the top. But inside of our Bonfire Support uh, Community, families from all over the world, we have over 15 countries represented in the program now. It's just awesome. But these families gather to really what I like to say, do this wild journey we call parenting together. And one of the biggest things that I coach parents on week after week and inside of all of our lessons, inside of our lesson library, which is kind of like a Netflix for positive parenting for parents that are learning positive parenting. But one of the biggest things that I teach is living with an empowered mindset. Because you see, you guys. Raising kids or being married or living a purpose-filled life is so much easier and more joyful when you train your mind to be centered in growth mindset and abundance and confidence and going for what you want. And yes, this of course takes practice and often a strong mentor, honestly, to consistently cheer you on and redirect you and challenge you. And remind you that you're doing a great job. I know for me in my own journey, when I first found the work of positive parenting and and life coaching, I definitely struggled with my mindset. I really was just kind of stuck in a season of blame and looking outside of myself um, for reasons why I couldn't be happy, reasons why I couldn't find joy in my motherhood journey, for reasons why I was so stressed out. And it all really was usually based in external reasons. So It took me years to adjust my mindset, and thank God I found the most incredible parenting and life coaching mentors, and pastors, and friends, and family, of course, to support me in that journey. But it does take practice, Um, but really what ends up happening so often is that we are the ones that get in our own way of change, meaning if, if we want our kids to behave better, or our spouse to get on board with this new way of parenting, or... I don't know, our, our church to understand how positive parenting is indeed <laughs> in line with Jesus, when we doubt ourselves and allow our self-sabotaging, fear-filled, insecure thoughts to drive our actions, that is when we end up getting stuck and not being able to get what we want. Because you guys, our minds are so freaking powerful and we get what we believe we can have. So parenting is the same way. It's amazing how much changing our language and our mindset does to affect the way we approach life, the way our kids act, the way we actually are able to make our dreams come true, to create the family of our dreams, and so on. So when we are negative, our kids have a tendency to be negative. When we doubt that our kids can change, meaning when we doubt that they will ever stop tantruming or they'll never learn to keep their hands to themselves or they'll never learn to just do the dishes without complaining. We are now in tween and teenage land. That is the major, (laughs) that is the major woe around here right now. Or we doubt that, um, you know, fill in the blanks, right? Like We have a tendency to doubt that our children will ever change. But our kids, when we do this, have a tendency to then doubt that they are capable of change, or worse, that they are broken, which of course is not what we want. So when we focus on what we don't want and we constantly tell them to stop it, they have a tendency to focus on what they're doing wrong instead of how they are going to do it right or how they are capable of doing what we want them to do. Does that make sense? So we're going to hop right into some say this, not that tips. Do you guys remember that book? I think it still exists. I feel like a new one comes out every year. Um, It was like a guy on the Today Show years ago, but he wrote a book, uh, a series of books, and it was all about like eating, healthy eating replacements. And it was like, eat this, not that. So this is my version of that for you guys today, to just empower you and give you more ideas and tips and all the things. So we're going to hop right into this. Um, The first 10 ideas that I'm going to give you will be a little bit more mindset based. And then the second 10 will be more parenting child communication based. Okay. But first, before we get going, if you love this episode, I wanted to let you know that we do have a program called No Drama Communication Program that includes 20 of these say this, not that, educational tips. And each one actually comes with its own short video to explain easily how to implement the change into your daily Walk your daily life. So, that program is, avail- is available as an add on to our Firm and Kind Parenting Blueprint, which is always available over on our shop page. Or, the cool thing about the No Drama Communication program is it's always available for our, bar- our bonfire support members in their private member dashboard. So our full Bonfire Support Program, again, you guys, is currently open for enrollment through February 4th, and I would absolutely love to welcome you into that community. You can head on over to freshstartfamilyonline.com and click the Community tab at the top to join. And if you're listening to this after that, don't worry, just hop on the wait list, and I'll be sure to let you know when doors open again. This community is seriously on fire, you guys, with parents who are using positive parenting to transform their minds, their hearts, and their home. Families who take part in that program take a consistent approach to learning and implementing positive parenting into their lives. Because, again, in my journey, it was the consistency that helped me get to where I wanted to be. Remember, 10 years ago, I was extremely stressed as a mom. I had such low confidence. I was struggling with anxiety every day. And I honestly, there were many days when I just did not want to be a mom anymore. I did not like the journey. I did not like my child, honestly. Um, I always say that out loud because it's very important for many of you to hear me say that. Um, It's okay to have thoughts like that. That (laughs) Parenting is the hardest job on the planet. However, you don't have to stay in that valley. But for me, the consistency Along with the mentorship is what brought me out of it and allowed me to become fluent of the in the language, so to speak, of positive parenting, and really has allowed me now to create the family of my dreams. My family now: my daughter's fourteen, my son's eleven. I found the work when she was three, um, but we're thriving. We're thriving. Like I can't even tell you how good it feels to feel like you are a thriving family unit and feel like you have kids that respect your roles and um, that you have incredibly strong relationships with them. So, But this program really is on fire with parents using this work to transform their minds, hearts, and homes. And families really are understanding that when you do things slow and steady – then that's what actually leads to change. So the cool thing about the bonfire is it's set up to do small amounts of learning each month. So you have access to certified positive parenting educators so you can ask questions about your own unique challenges. right? I can't tell you how many times I get DMs from you guys. I love your DM questions, but because we pour into supporting uh, our, our support members through our bonfire through our coaching there, I can't always, you know, I can't answer questions on Instagram um, in the way that they really deserve to be answered, right? I think parenting questions can be a little bit deeper, and they require a little higher level of coaching and attention, and that's what we do inside the bonfire. Um, But families that are in this program also – are kept accountable to actually applying what they learned, to actually pushing play on lessons. Um, they actually stay encouraged by celebrating each other's wins and successes, and they stay wildly inspired and encouraged with week- weekly FaceTime with me. Yours truly, I host two, usually two live sessions a week uh, for my my private bonfire support community. And one, one day of the week, we celebrate successes, and then the other day, the day of the week, we do live coaching and it's just amazing. So here's what a member recently said about one of our weekly live coaching sessions. She said, hello, tuning in from snowy, sunny Colorado. So happy to be here. The bonfire has quickly become my favorite time of the week. I'm excited to learn and grow. I thought that was an awesome, just quick, punchy way to show you how excited our members really do get. And seriously, we hear this all the time. So once parents no longer see learning positive parenting as overwhelming, they find massive amounts of joy in gathering together in community to expand their hearts, learn new tools, and strengthen their families. So the group momentum part of the bonfire is just incredible. And seriously, you guys, the results are freaking insane. Like, I every single year that goes by, my mind becomes more blown by the successes that are happening within this community. So we now have a Google Doc filled with success stories that are over 700 pages long. You guys, it's nuts. It's amazing. So these are families that share in the same struggles that you do and had the courage to get support and now are seeing huge results with increased cooperation and strengthened relationships and less aggression in their home and more confidence and better listening in their kids. The list just goes on and on, and it's awesome. So every Monday, as I said, we gather to celebrate these success stories. And most Mondays, straight up, you guys, on that live feed, I am brought to tears. You can ask anybody in the bonfire that attends our live coaching sessions, There's usually not a Monday that goes by that I'm just not crying with joy because I am so inspired by the families in this group. So these are the families who take action to create the families of their dreams. And many of them are ending painful generational cycles, but they really do just light me up and inspire me deeply. So in case you can't tell, this community that I pour my heart into mentoring, encouraging, and supporting is my favorite part of my job. As founder of Fresh Start Family, And I just cannot wait to welcome you too. So all right, you guys. So with all that said, remember, you can join the bonfire by heading to freshstartfamilyonline.com and clicking the community tab at the top. But just remember, doors do close soon. soon. All right, so what do you say? Are you ready to hop into my say this, not that tips? (laughs) All right, let's do this. All right, so here is the list of really kind of the self-talk that we tend to say or the the words that come out through our self-talk that I want you to try replacing. So the first one is, this is hard. Second one, I should have. Third one, I need to. Fourth one, I just can't. Five, the fifth one, it's just dot, dot, dot. Six, uh, I second guess myself. Seven, I'm fine. Eight, I'm afraid. Nine, I feel like dot, dot, dot. And then 10, never, always, constantly. All right, so let's start with number one. So again, you'll hear my, if you ask any of my members, if you happen to have a friend in the program, you will know that the they get pop quizzed all the time. When I say, when I hear somebody say hard, I will pop quiz on them and say, hey guys, let's give so-and-so, whether it's Sarah or Courtney or Laura, or whoever it may be that I'm coaching in that moment, Let's give them some ideas on how they can reframe this because I personally myself have outlawed hard from my language. Hard, tough. I will catch myself every single time now and say, actually, let me me reframe that. Let me re-say that because I have personally enjoyed learning so much about how oftentimes we are the ones who define what hard is, and we are the ones that can actually make things harder than they need to be. So instead of hard, I want you to say things like, this is new, this is a journey, this is requiring courage of me, this is uncomfortable for me because I'm not used to it. But um, you'll find that when you say this to yourself, you actually open up the doors for you to believe that it doesn't have to be so tough right so some examples are you know that I hear in the group a lot is um, it's just so hard to not react it's just so hard to be patient Um, it's just so tough to know what to say Um, but here's the thing about hard families who is defining what is hard it's us we are defining what is hard, what is tough, right? Some synonyms for hard and tough are like stressful and strenuous and exhausting. Those are the words I think of, right? And Who is telling us that what is going to be hard? It's us. So we have the ability to change our mindset to see things in a new light because there's nothing written in stone to define what is hard in life and what is easy or what is new or what is a journey. So I want you to play around with this and I just want to give you some examples. So we have the ability, for instance, to see responding to misbehavior instead of reacting or... Or maybe we, we have the ability to show compassion or slow down or have patience and keep our nervous systems settled as easy and yelling or snapping at our kids as hard, right? We have the ability to see stepping to the side of a power struggle or doing a pause button so we can access our creative brains as, as easy, and rushing to fix a situation by threatening or intimidating or yelling, whatever it may be, as hard. Hard on our minds, hard on our hearts, hard on our relationships, hard on our nervous systems. We have the ability to see giving our kids grace and teaching with compassionate discipline as easy versus hurting our kids and then telling them that it's not okay to hurt people or that if they make a mistake, they are bad, or that they better be scared of you or a consequence if they dare mess up. We have the ability to see that as hard. We have the ability to see empowering our kids to stick up for themselves when someone else does something unkind to them or you know messes with them as easy or a journey or whatever you want to call it, and fixing or solving their problems by helicopter parenting as hard. And we have the ability to see co-regulation with our child when they are all out of sorts and acting freaking cray-cray as easy because we are deeply connected to them and have an innate ability to help them calm down by staying calm. Right? we have that ability just like we did when we carried them in our room or helped them settle as a fussy, colicky infant. And then we have the ability to see separating ourselves or refusing to believe that we're capable of staying calm when they're freaking out. We have the ability to see that as hard. So you get the idea, right? What if we stopped telling ourselves that the things that we want to do in when it comes to positive parenting and creating the family of our dreams that we know is going to help us have strong relationships and joy in our parenting walk, what if we started to just think of those things as easy, as new, as a journey, and the other things that we don't want to do as hard? I know it would help us tremendously, okay? So I get it. I know it takes work to change habits. I know it take work. It takes work to learn a new way and to do things differently. I just am encouraging you to switch up that word and take a break from saying hard and have fun with it, you guys. I honestly, I swear to you, I have so much fun. It's been about, I think, a year and a half or two years since I quit using the word hard. And I love it when I catch myself. And I when I reframe it, every time I reframe it to new or a journey or a process or whatever it may be, it always feels so much better. So Instead, I want you to say, this is new to me to use compassionate discipline instead of threatening a spanking. This is a journey to learn how to respond to my child without threatening them. This is requiring courage of me to trust that I can calmly step to the side and also be a firm, kind leader in my home. This is uncomfortable for me because I'm not used to it. However, I am committed to doing this because I want to see the, the kind of results in my home that I'm wanting. I want my kids to stop hitting. I want to stop yelling. I want to do X, Y, and Z. So this is new. This is a journey for me. This is requiring courage of me. Okay? All right. So number two, should have. Oh my goodness. You guys, we need to stop with the shoulds. <laughs> Have you ever heard that saying? It's something like, um, don't shut on yourself. (laughs) I love it. So again, oftentimes you'll hear me in my coaching, encourage parents to reframe the should haves. So, and this is what I encourage you to do instead, to say to yourself instead. And oftentimes this list that we're going through right now, this will come out in conversation, right? To your husband or your friend or This comes out in my students' language to me. If I'm coaching them or they're asking a question, I I know I should have done this. But really, you guys, what happens in the past is always something we can learn from. Mistakes are always opportunities to learn. Or when things get really messy, we always have the ability to learn from them. So we don't need to be hard on ourselves. We don't need to think we should have known the answers. We just need to look at what happened, learn from it, Get supported if you don't know what to do to create positive change next time, and that's what families do in the bonfire, right? They're actually able to ask questions, or they're able to just go find the lesson in the video library and actually push play so they can get refreshed, like, how do I do this again? How do I do compassionate discipline instead of threatening or just taking away something or grounding, whatever it may be? How do I do this? Let me go find the answers, But you always want to look at what happened in the past and just say to yourself, okay. Let's chat for a hot sec, openly and honestly, about what your discipline toolkit looks like in your home right now. If you're anything like most parents, you're relying on the hand-me-down set you inherited I now have an idea of what I want to do next time. And so your language becomes okay, so this is what I learned, and this is what I want to do next time. Okay, which leads me to the next one, which is the common language of I need to. Ugh, I need to. I'll hear this a lot from some bonfire support families who maybe you know, after a few months, they haven't come to a live session or they haven't pushed play on a lesson. By the way, lessons are totally short and doable. Uh, The community has a new lesson every month where we focus on it as a community. And it's usually anywhere from 35 minutes to an hour. And so, you know, when you just have that as your assignment for one month, you can do it, right? But of course, we we're all human. We sometimes fall behind. And so I'll hear families say, Oh my they'll DM me or email me and say, Oh my gosh, I miss you guys. Like I need to get back in the program. I've been I've been slipping and I've been going back to my old ways of threatening or You know, things have gotten really messy in our home, so I need to push play on lessons or I need to get back to the coaching. And I always just reply with a big virtual hug and I say, girl, you don't need to do anything. (laughs) You are keeping those kids alive. You're keeping them fed. You're keeping a warm roof over their head. You're keeping them clothed. You're loving them. You don't need to do anything. You're an amazing mom. You're an amazing parent. You want to. You want to get back to the bonfire, or you want to start attending coaching sessions again, or you want to push play on that lesson that you never finished, right? You want to because you know it feels good to be in community. You know it feels good to find creative solutions. You know it feels good to be able to ask a question or find the answers or feel empowered. You want to right? Um, so often, you know, I also hear this show up in like, um, I know I need to be more patient with my kids. Well, again, it's not that you need to, like you can do whatever the heck you want. Like you're a grown up, right? Um, you want to be more patient because it doesn't rattle your nervous system, right? Like every time we freak out on our kids or snap at them or cut them off or whatever it may be, it rattles our nervous system, And that creates stress in our bodies. And none of us want that, right? Like we want to be able to take deep breaths and slow down and be able to respond instead of react when, you know, challenges come our way. So instead of need to, I want you to start catching yourself and instead say, I want to. All right. Next one is I can't. I hear this all the time. It is so common. Um, Instead, I want you to say, I haven't developed the skill set yet. So this last um, podcast episode that we did this last week with our dear friend, Corey Grazley, was all about the power of yet. If you haven't listened to that episode yet, make sure you go check it out. I believe it was episode 112. So you can head to freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash 112. But it was all about the power of yet. So I haven't developed that skill set yet. So a lot of times this is how this will show up for us as parents. Um, And again, a lot of times it's in our heads, but oftentimes we'll we'll say it to other people is, um, I just can't stop yelling. I just can't understand why my child will not listen. I just cannot figure out why they keep doing it after I've told them not to. The can'ts literally tell your brain that you are incapable and that it is impossible. And it is absolute BS, you guys. Every single one of us is capable of doing whatever we set our minds to. And yes, every single one of us is capable of stopping a yelling habit. Every single one of us is capable of slowing down and responding versus reacting. Every single one of us is capable of implementing compassionate discipline into our home and taking a break from punishment, right? Whatever it may be, every single one of us is capable. We just haven't developed the skill set yet, right? Like we just don't have the tools in our toolkit yet. But with the right support, with the right mentorship, with the right people around you cheering you on, Anything is possible. And again, we see it over and over again. People who thought they couldn't, and then they come into the bonfire, and six months, a year later, they are part of that 700-page success story saying, holy smokes, you guys, I did it. I did it. This morning, (laughs) the kids were fighting, and I did not freak out on them. I mentored them with compassion, you know, uh, peaceful conflict resolution, mentorship, whatever it may be, and they actually worked out their own difference on their own. Or, you guys, I did it. I actually walked away when my child did X, Y, and Z, and my child ran to their room and then came down 15 minutes later with an apology note all on their own, and I literally did nothing except for walk away, right? Like, you hear it all the time, but you have to be the one to believe that you can. You just haven't developed the skill set yet. Okay, next one is, it's just dot, dot, dot. Now, I've noticed this over the past few weeks um, with Terry and I. So, and I thought I'd put it on this list. It's a little bit of a newer one for me to self, you know, redirect. But it's an, an important one, and here's why. It always shows up with a tone of resignation and victimhood is what I'm observing. And so instead, I want us to just either say aloud or acknowledge to ourselves in this moment, I think I'm probably just feeling powerless or it feels like this might just be too much for me to handle, but I know I have choices. So let me give you an example, see if I can think of one. It'll come out like this. It's just, you know, it's just over and over again. It just keeps happening. It's just, it's just too much. It's just, it's just not okay. It's just, you know, how long is it going to take? It's just, right? Like, do you hear that? Um, Anytime we have this tone of resignation and victimhood, we are going to feel disempowered. And we're going to feel like the world is against us. Our hands are tied and there's no way out. So instead, it's just, just, just recognize I'm just feeling powerless in this moment. It just seems like a lot to handle. I might feel scared that I can't handle this on my own, or I feel scared that I'm not going to know what to do and I have choices. Okay? All right. Next one is, I just second-guess myself. I'm second-guessing myself. Was that the right decision? Right? So we'll say this in our head. We'll say it um, to other people. But instead, I want you to shift into this kind of thought pattern. I'm inspired by myself that I made a decision, and I will make it the best decision. Right? Decisions are never right or wrong, you guys. We have the ability to make that decision the best decision we've ever made. And yes, if we make a decision and then later think, I wish I would have gone in a different direction, then do what you need to do and then move in a different direction, if that makes sense. But second-guessing ourselves doesn't do anything except for lower our confidence. So instead of second-guessing, again, I want you to say to yourself, you know what, I made a decision and I'm inspired by the fact that I made a decision, and now I'm going to make it the best decision. These are the cards that are now on the table, and now I'm going to move forward with them, right? I hear this a lot with um, with um, students and support members who are like, oh my gosh, maybe I should have said something different to my kid, or maybe I shouldn't have let them go to that birthday party, or maybe I shouldn't have been so hard on them, right? Instead of second-guessing yourself, again, just say, I made that decision in the moment, I've got 10,000 things going going on right now. I'm juggling literally 1 million balls. And I did the best that I could in that moment. And now I'm going to make it the best decision. If I need to repair a relationship, if I need to make amends, if I need to change course, I'll do it. But I'm not going to beat myself up and I'm not going to second guess myself. Okay? Next one is I'm fine. Oh, my goodness. You hear this so much especially when well there's a few different ways this shows up. A lot of times we'll say this when we don't really want to like handle a challenge or a situation or maybe we don't want to talk to our spouse or you know maybe a child is trying to apo- trying to apologize or something and we'll say something like I'm fine, I'm fine, just let me be when really we're not fine, right or maybe you'll say it in your head when something is like, like dinging on your radar, your moral radar, your moral compass radar, that's like, this is not okay. This does not feel good. You know, maybe it's like shows up in the area of like you have people telling you the only way to get your toddler to listen is to hit them, or the only way to get your kids um, to be good, kind human beings is to scare the S out of them or to make sure they fear a consequence. Like there's gonna be things where your moral compass is gonna be like, ew, that doesn't feel right. When I implement this, or when I yell at my child, or when I threaten them, or when I hold them down, or when I grab their wrist too hard, or whatever it may be. Um, it's chaos. It's chaos. It feels like, it just feels not okay. And then you might want to, you might have a tendency to say to yourself, well, it's fine. Everything's fine. My kids are going to be fine. Well, no, I don't want you to say that anymore. I want you to say, this feels uncomfortable. I am processing emotions and I'm not quite to neutral yet. So what do I need to do here to feel better? But I'm fine is, is something that I just want us to consider that we should take a break from. You also hear this a ton in parenting, right? Like, I was raised, you know, with X, Y, and Z. Like, I got the belt growing up. Someone will say, someone said on an ad once of mine that I was, like, promoting a free compassionate discipline class. It broke my heart, but she said, you know, I grew up with my dad giving me the belt till I was 17 years old, and I'm fine. And literally, that post like brought I mean that comment um it like wells up tears in my eyes because I have such a strong emotion to that to begin with um but to hear her think that she's fine is is just heartbreaking to me. The goal in life you guys is not to be fine. The goal in life is to thrive. And it's okay to be sad and hurt and angry and happy and joyful and all the things but like, numb and fine is, I believe, not the goal. So instead, if you catch yourself saying that, like, I'm fine, I'm fine, or telling people I'm fine, instead just say, you know, I think I'm just processing some emotions right now and I'm, and I'm not quite to neutral yet. For me, this shows up most in relationships when I'm in, like, a disagreement, so to speak, with, say, my daughter or my husband. And I think I've come a long way over the past few years to be able to say, I just need some time. I just need some time right now. I'm not quite to a neutral space yet. My daughter will often say to me, Mama, I just want you to be happy. Like last night we had a disagreement because she would not get off the couch and let the dog in. And I was just like, oh my gosh, I got so annoyed. And it turned into like a big, a bigger thing of like, it, the it was a spotlight actually being shined on the fact that we ne- I need to set firmer boundaries when it comes to like chores and housework. And so today I got up and I created a new routine. We have new charts. We had a family meeting. Everything's good now. But last night I was definitely a little triggered and she came in afterwards. She's like, mama, I'm sorry. Like, can, can you just be happy? And I was like, honey, I, I just need some time to process emotions. I am not quite yet to neutral yet. And you can be you can go to bed, and, and your happiness and your joy going to bed is not dependent on me being happy. And I'm just not quite there yet. Um, so let's get a full night's rest, and we'll talk in the morning, right? But I've had to replace the "I'm fine" because it's it's BS. I'm not fine, right? So, anyways, think about it. Th- ponder that. Okay. Next one is, I'm afraid. So instead of, I am, when it comes to afraid, um, especially but any anything i am like angry, afraid, hurt. i want you just instead to start saying i feel because I, again, i believe that it's very powerful the words that you say to to yourself and that you say out loud. and i am statements is all about who you are as a human being, who god designed you to be. so, you know, Everyone should have a personal declaration statement. We make these in our Freedom to Be course, um, which, by the way, I'm so excited for. We are teaching our first in-person live freedom to be course at the end of february in beautiful sunny san diego if you're interested you could head to freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash freedom course and if you're listening after that we'll have a wait list for the next time we do an online version each year and in person each year um, but this is a life coaching course that changed my life 10 years ago and now i get to teach it it's absolutely amazing. Um, But this personal declaration statements or, you know, I am statements is something we do in that weekend course. And that is about who you are day in, day out, who God designed you to be, the gifts that he blessed you with, your personality, like all the things. So my I am statement is, I am patient, courageous, courageous, Christ-centered, and loving. Like that's who I am. And let me tell you that patient is not how I always feel, but I put that in there because I want to believe that about myself, right? So I, I love playing around with personal declaration statements. But when it comes to feelings, especially like afraid, scared, mad, all the things, I don't want you to define yourself as that, right? Like I don't want you to think that you're just the mom that flies off the handle all the time. No, you just feel mad in that moment. You just feel angry when your kid pulls the dog's tail for the 17th time in one day, right? It's just a feelings feeling. Feelings come and go just like rainstorms, right? They're not who you are. So if even if you are someone who feels scared often, which by the way a few years ago I realized I all I often feel scared. And for years I was just like glossing over it and trying to avoid it because I grew up in a home where it was not cool to feel scared. Like you were weak or, you know, I just grew up in the country with an older brother that was like tough and rode in pickup trucks and swam in the river. Um, So like feeling scared was never something that was like encouraged. Um, But I realized a few years ago that I feel scared often. And so um, instead instead of saying, I'm scared, I'm afraid, I'm so mad, I, it, it matters. It's a slight difference, but it matters. I just want you to start saying, I feel so mad right now. Or I feel scared. I feel scared, right? Okay. Next one is, I feel like. Instead, I want you to say, I feel. So you'll I'll see this show up a lot for, and again, we talk to ourselves in our head, and then we also talk to other people like this, but I guarantee you, Parents, anytime you are talking to someone and you say, I just feel like bot, 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 you're actually not feeling. Now, here at Fresh Air Family, we believe feeling and actually like experiencing your emotions and letting them come and go, becoming aware of them, having emotional literacy, it is an absolute ticket to freedom. Like, you will be such a more confident parent, such a more confident human being if you can understand what your feelings feel like. And understand that there are no bad feelings and what it looks like to actually process them in a healthy way. But when we say, I feel like, it's usually present when we're venting, complaining, talking about someone behind their back. Often that can be our kids, right? If we're venting after they go to bed or something. um, And it'll show up like this. I just feel like he's never listening. I feel like you are not getting what I'm saying right now. I feel like this is never gonna get better. I feel like this is just like a constant run around. I feel like I'm gonna lose my mind. <laughs> Can you relate? <laughs> okay, so I feel like, right? Instead, it, to, to redo it, looks like this. I feel scared that this is not gonna change. I feel, I feel mad when you hit your sister. I feel hurt when you roll your eyes at me. I feel scared that I can't handle this all. I feel scared that I don't know the answers right now. I feel scared that someone's going to get hurt. Like all these things. But what? just have it be a little trigger for you when you catch yourself thinking or saying, I feel like, ask yourself, Am I really saying how I feel or am I just going into like event mode? Venting is never helpful, you guys. Sharing with other people or thinking about how you're actually feeling, always helpful, always connecting with people that you love or connecting and self-compassionate with yourself. Families, I have a question for you. Would you love to be able to set really strong boundaries and rules with your children and then follow through with consistency and firm kindness? If yes, listen up. I have a program called the Firm and Kind Parenting Blueprint that I would love for you to go check out. You can learn more over at freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash firm and know if you have any questions. Firststartfamilyonline.com forward slash firm and kind. Okay, the last one for this section is never, always, and constantly. So these are what we call scarcity words. We have a full lesson in our Bonfire Support Program all about scarcity versus abundance, thinking. Um, and these are some of the biggest words that sh- we show up when when we, so myself and my staff of Positive Parenting Educators, we have um, the most amazing team of Positive Parenting Educators within the Bonfire Support Program that answer questions and just love on our families, celebrate success stories. I just love, love my team that helps me um, with the Bonfire Support Program. But we can always tell a parent is stuck in Scarcity thinking when these words come out, and I can always tell myself. So last night, as I was um, talking with Stella before we went to bed, and we were kind of in a heightened state over these chores, um, I caught myself a few times saying, "Like you are constantly right." So, and this is how it shows up. Let me give you some more example that we that we hear from students um, that we have the honor of helping them to reframe. So my child literally never. Listens to what I say, like my five year old is always getting in trouble at school. My daughter is constantly, constantly talking back, or um, you get the idea, right? When really one of the activities we did in our um, in our activity this month at the bonfire, so we did our our lesson this month inside of the bonfire support community that we focused on as a as a community was all about mindset training. You've probably heard me. I've been speaking on Instagram about this a lot. I've been mentoring my bonfire support community students all about this, but our lesson was all about it. And one of the things we studied was was how to disprove automatic negative thoughts. And part of the the process that we study together that I teach is to actually ask yourself, is this a hundred percent true? Is this statement a hundred percent true? And I guarantee you guys, when you have the thoughts of my kids are constantly fighting, is that a hundred percent true? It's not. It's not. It would literally be impossible for your children to constantly be fighting all day long. No, I know they might fight a lot. I hear you. (laughs) I have kids that bicker and fight a lot, but they're not constantly fighting. They're not always pushing back, right? It's, It's absolutely false. So I want you to instead say things like, my kids often fight. My child has a tendency to push back a lot. Or there are many times throughout the day when my child is having a meltdown, but don't Put your wor- those words on yourself. Don't tell yourself that the situation is worse than it is because you're gonna F with yourself and I don't want you to do that. I want you to, again, remember, this is just a challenge that you're currently facing and there is light at the end of the tunnel as long as you get support and find the answers that you need. Try something different tomorrow and have the courage to keep trying till you find success. Remember, failure is just success unfinished. Okay, you guys. Well, let's get to the second section um, where I'm going to give you some fun redirections or communication tweaks when you're actually speaking to your children. Now, remember, all of these that I go through um, are inside of our No Drama Communications program. It's available as an add-on in our Firm and Kind Parenting Blueprint that's available over on our shop page on the the Fresh Start Family website, or this is also in our Bonfire Support Community. So every single person that's a Bonfire Um, member has the ability to access this entire program. And this is a really powerful program where I go into a lot more detail about each of these. But let's look at each one. So first one is don't. Don't do that. Do not do that, right? Instead of saying don't, or when you catch yourself saying don't to your kid, I want you to instead say, what is it that I want from them? What do I want to ask them to do? Instead of saying, do not hit your brother, I want you to instead say something like, please keep your hands to yourself with your brother. Do not pull the dog's tail. I want you to say, please show me how you pet the dog carefully or pet the dog gently or do not run out in the road or do not um, run in the parking lot, I want you to say, hey guys, I want you to show me how you can stay close to me or hold my hand really tight um, in the parking lot, right? So when you ask your kids for what you want, that is what they will focus on. I do an exercise in the foundations course, our foundations course here at Fresh Start Family, where I say, okay, right now, picture, like close your eyes. Everyone close their eyes. We'll do it right now. Okay, close your eyes. If you're um, driving, you can't, obviously. Close your eyes. Now, do not picture a giant pink elephant. (laughs) How many of you guys actually pictured something else, like a cheetah or a bird or whatever? like, Or did 100% of you only picture the giant pink elephant? right? Isn't that powerful? So let's like take a break from saying don't and instead say this is what I want you to do, okay? So second one is let's take a break from saying stop it. (laughs) Stop yelling or be quiet. Again, this is a version of what I just told you, but I want you to say something like please talk softly or whisper. You guys, the power of a whisper is, I swear, amazing. So many parents discount the whisper. It gets kids' attention. Or something like, I love your singing and I need you to be outside or in the playroom if you want to sing loud, right? So those are some ideas for that one. The next one is do it now or do it or else, right? Raise your hand if you ever said that. I want you to take a break from that and try saying something like, would you like to do it on your own? or have me help you? Another, another way that we'll say this is like, I've asked you three times, do it now, right? Instead, would you like to do it on your own, or would you like to have me help you? An example would be, okay, it's time to leave. Would you like to put on your shoes by yourself, or have me help you? Or would you like to hop in your car seat by yourself, or have me plop you down in it? So the thing with this one, you guys, is most kids respond incredibly well to being empowered. So give them a choice, and their critical thinking skills will override their temptation to push back, especially if you have a power kid, okay? The next one is let's take a break from saying shame on you or you should know better, so, raise your hand if anyone of you any of you were raised in a home that shame on you was common. So, I was raised in an Irish Catholic home where shame on you was one of the like biggest ways that, you know, my mom thought it was going to like influence me. And to this day, I will tell you that I've done some work around it the last few years. I didn't quite realize how that assignment of shame Really, really did affect me. And we're never ever here to come down on our parents. Like our parents did the best that they could with the tool set that they had, right? The toolkit that they had. And now that we know better, we get to do better. But shame on you was something that was definitely said in my house. And I will tell you, it's it's taken me a few years to really be able to shake that and realize how to let that go. And it's been an awesome journey. But instead of saying those things, instead of saying shame on you or you should know better, I want you to instead say something like, what did you learn from this mistake? So the example would be, um, what did you learn and how will you do it differently next time so you don't get in trouble at school? right? Mistakes are opportunities to learn, you guys. We don't have to take mistakes so seriously. 98% of the time, you guys, our children's mistakes are totally repairable, And I know they can be uncomfortable, and I know they can make you scared (laughs) about the future for your kids. But mistakes are incredible opportunities to learn. So just start asking your kids, what did you learn from this mistake? So focusing on motivation to change behavior for the future will get you much better results than placing shame on past misbehavior, I promise you. Okay, the next one is hurry up. (laughs) How many of you say hurry up? Oh my gosh, you guys! The thing about using a rush tone with our kids is it doesn't work. It just flusters everyone more, and just gets everyone all tense and like in this reactive state. So hurry up or we're gonna be late! Like get on your shoes. Instead, I want you to have fun with it to calm down and remember that being somewhere on time does not define your worth. <laughs> I know that's very hard for many of us. Um, But you are an incredible parent, even if you're a few minutes late, that's the first thing. And I want you to just slow down and act purposely instead of urgently. And you can try to say something like this. We are on cheetah time today, you guys, and we need to move fast, okay? Kids, especially young kids, respond incredibly well to like animals or if you have a little bit older kids, to athletes, right? Like we were just watching football the other night, and I don't know their names, but um, Terry and Taryn were like, oh my gosh, like so-and-so Mahone or I forget his name. They're like, dang, he's fast. Right? So you could say, Hey, we're on Mahone time today. I don't even know if Mahone is a a football player. (laughs) We're on Mahone time today and we need to move fast. Okay guys, I'll see you in the car or we're on cheetah time and we got to move fast. We got 10 minutes till we're supposed to be at church. We can do this. We got this. Or another example, we're on racehorse time today. Let's see how fast we can move. So the the kicker with this you guys is just be sure to let them be on turtle time sometimes because we like nobody wants to live in a family that's always on freaking racehorse time. <laughs> it's stressful, right? Like we all need to slow down sometimes and we could all use a healthy dose of slowing down. So just make sure you're providing mornings where everyone is relaxed and the kids can move slow and tell them on Saturday morning like we're on turtle time today you guys can chill. We're not in a hurry. Hooray, okay? All right, next one is um, it's time to go now or five-minute warning. I know a lot of you are like, what? Yes, I am encouraging you to take a break from the warnings and the time to go now, okay? This just kind of, again, puts kids on edge and I believe almost ignites their amygdala, which is that, like, part of the brain that's responsible for the fight, flight, or freeze. It's like danger. There's an alarm that's going to go off in five minutes, and then you're going to be taken away from your time at the park, and you're just going to be whisked away, right? Like That's the feeling I get if someone were to come in and be like, Wendy, five-minute warning if I was recording this podcast or something and I was at time. So instead, I want you to be proactive Any, like, whenever you can, I want you to. This is a practice, but I want you to start becoming more proactive and start giving your kids an option. Do you want to leave now or in five minutes? Or even if you really got to go, do you want to leave now or do you want one more minute to play and and we'll leave in one minute? Which one do you choose? So, this is what you want to take a break from time to go now, five minute warning, all that kind of stuff. So, the example is do you guys want to leave now or play 10 more minutes, then leave? And just know that kids love to be in charge of their own destiny, you guys, especially power kids. So this takes, like I said, a tad bit of proactivity, but it works like a freaking charm, I promise you. Give them a choice and they'll respond much better when you say, okay, you guys, 10 minutes is up, it's time to go. Now, I know a lot of you are thinking right now, well, what if your child still doesn't come after the 10 minutes and that's why you're gonna get into the bonfire? So I can answer your question, (laughs) okay? Because I have an answer for you. But just get yourself into the bonfire and trust me, before you doubt this stuff, I want you to give it a good go, okay? So start practicing at the park. I cannot tell you how many meltdowns I see at the park. I'm not at the park that much anymore because my kids are older, but when I was younger... I would just see this all the time. Um, Kids just melting down, having tantrums when their parents had to pull them from the monkey bars because they didn't want to go. And I just, every single time, I felt like I knew in my heart that if they would have given them a choice and empowered them, they would have had a much higher rate of cooperation. Okay? All right. The next one is stop whining. Oh, my gosh. Kids can be annoying sometimes. (laughs) Let's be honest, right? But you guys, most of the time when we say that, stop whining or I can't understand you, it doesn't work. And it's actually not true. We can understand our children. We are advocates for being honest with our children here at Fresh Shirt Family. Instead, I want you to say stop, breathe. (sighs) Now ask me for what you want. And if they keep going, well, wait, you got this. Let's try again. Stop, breathe. Okay, now ask me for what you want. All right, so the example is let's stop, breathe together. Now try again and ask me for what you want. And so just I want to make sure that you're modeling this too. I don't want you to just tell your kids. I want you to stop, breathe, and then ask me for what you want. I want you to actually do it with them like you just heard me, okay? And then just keep repeating it calmly while breathing with them until they can self-calm and manage the way that they're talking in a way that's easier for you to understand, okay? All right, next one is be good. Let's take a break from this, you guys, because our kids are always, always good, They are always good. When they leave your house, um, I know it can be, it's just a habit. I think for so many of us, when our kids are going on playdates or when we're saying goodbye to them as they run off to kindergarten or wherever, okay, be good today. But what does that really mean? It doesn't, like, it, to me, it means that if you make a mistake today, I'm going to label you as bad, and then I'm going to be mad, and then there's going to be danger, and then you're going to, like, question your belonging, and you're, like, all the things, right? No, you're good all the time, kid. Just today, I want you to respect yourself and others when you're inside the jumpy. Or, like, really respect yourself and others is my go-to as a replacement for be good. Or you can fill in the blanks with whatever you want them to do that day. Be kind to yourself and others. Be sure, like, to have courage to say no. Like, my daughter's a teenager now, right? So when she leaves, like, that, that's something that I should be saying to her. Like, I haven't basically ever said be good since I learned this a decade ago. That was an, an easier one for me to give up. But it, that just it just, like, inspires myself right now to say to her, okay, honey, like, have fun. And remember, be kind and have courage to say no to your friends. Okay, I love you. Bye. As she drives away on her e-bike, um, and then again, be specific here. As kids often don't observe the general statements we throw at them, so ask for what you want and have them restate what is important to remember. Right? So. Like again if I were to give that example with Stella as she drives away, you know, I could stop her and say, "Okay, so what what are what are you going to do out in the world? I'm going to be kind and I'm going to make sh- I am going to have courage to say no to my friend's mom." I'm going to be like, "Okay, thanks. Bye." Right? Like having them repeat stuff can be really helpful. Okay, you guys, two more. Don't cry. Let's take a break from saying don't cry, you guys. I have the cutest group of kids on my block. I swear we have like 15 children underneath the age of five. I love my block. I love the moms on this block. I love the kids. But honestly, I hear this one a lot. And a lot of times it's with the boys. The little boys. Don't be a baby. Come on. Don't cry. Come on. It's not a big deal. I want you to take a break and start saying instead, it's okay to be sad. Do you need to take a walk? or are you feeling okay to solve this problem? Do you need my help or or can you solve it on your own? How are you going to take care of yourself? It's okay to feel sad. It's okay to feel scared. It's okay to cry. Okay? Something like I'll be over here if you need me. I know you can find a way to take care of yourself. So, it is incredible you guys how well kids respond when we don't pressure them to get over their feelings or try to force them to stop freaking out. So empower and teach them that they are capable of moving through their feeling on their own and they'll come out of their sadness sooner while also building their self esteem I promise you. Okay, last one is why do you make everything so difficult? Now you guys, I am not proud to admit it. But I have said this to my daughter. And as I was making this list for you guys today, I had one more to get to 10 because I didn't want to grab all, tw- uh, of course, like the, the, program I told you about, No Drama Communications, it comes with 20. But I wanted to kind of mix it up a little bit and give a little that aren't in a few that aren't in there. Um, But this was a new one for me. And it's one that I've seen myself say over the years that I diligently have changed and am passionate about helping other families change. And it's why do you make everything so difficult? So instead, I want you to take a break and say something like, how can we make this easier? How can we work as a team here? What do you need? How can I support you to help you say yes? How can I support you to cooperate more easily here? Um, But it's always going to be kind of the opposite, right? When we have these kind of scarcity thoughts or statements, I want you to, a good way to flip it is just to think to yourself, what would be the opposite here? What would it look like if I said the opposite to my child? How can I ask for them, ask them for what I want? And that just came to my mind. Okay. Instead of why do you make everything so freaking difficult? Instead, I want you to look at those kiddos that may be being difficult in the moment and just say, honey, how can we make this easier right now? How can we get this done? How can we work as a team? We're not going anywhere until we get the toys put away. So how are we going to make this easy? All right, so those are some ideas for you guys. Oh my goodness. I hope that this episode encouraged you. I hope that you are feeling just filled with creativity and new ideas on how you can really um, just speak to yourself differently and then speak to your children differently. And I promise you, you are going to feel more empowered if you implement some of these new ideas today. And as always, it's just an honor to support and encourage you. I cannot wait to see so many of you inside the Bonfire Support Program. It is just really um, the heart of my work. And um, if you have any questions, let me know. You can always email me personally, wendy at freshstartfamilyonline.com, and just head on over to Fresh startfamilyonline.com forward slash join bonfire to learn more. You can also just head to the website freshstartfamilyonline.com and click the community tab at the top. So um, big hugs you guys. Thanks for listening and uh, I love you all. For links and more info about everything we talked about in today's episode, head to freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash 113. For more information, go to FreshStartFamilyOnline.com. Thanks for listening, families. Have a great day.